Chapter Fourteen of A Dash for a Throne by Arthur W. Marchmont. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Carolyn. Chapter Fourteen, The Abduction. For another week at least, I dared not make an enemy of my altogether unexpected and vastly unwelcome visitor so i answered her with a smile and went to greet her with outstretched hand as though glad enough to renew our old acquaintance i know you now i said cordially of course it is my old friend and comrade clara whalen this is an unexpected pleasure i said warmly but she stepped back and did not take my hand unexpected no doubt but pleasure scarcely you were not much of an actor at any time but that would not take in a fool you are very much astonished to see me and equally angry so you may as well acknowledge it she tapped her foot again angrily next she removed an outer veil which she had of course put on to mystify me on her entrance and she stood staring me in the face with a look of defiant hostility i shrugged my shoulders and said you are always more beautiful in a passion clara but i am sorry to find you now in one with me won't you sit down and tell me all about yourself and i recalled regretfully our last interview and bitterly deplored my stupidity in not having answered her letter an angry woman knowing what she knew could do no end of mischief at this juncture the chief thing about myself as you say she exclaimed spitefully is that my feelings toward you have changed i was your friend then now i will be your enemy then i am very sorry to hear it and the tone was genuine enough but under the circumstances why take the trouble to come and to tell me so because i wished to see your highness to observe how your highness bore your great honours and to bask in the radiant light of your highness's eyes ah uh, your highness indeed i began to hope her bitterness was so very bitter that i thought some of it at least might be assumed how do you play at that game clara i laughed while you are basking what should i do not flatter me with lies about being glad to see me she burst out angrily when you would rather have seen the devil i won't go so far as that said i lightly i don't admire the devil and i always did admire you though if you wish me to be candid i would much rather have seen you at another time perhaps after you are married she cried with a vicious glance i did not say i wished never to see you again i returned you used not to lie even by implication in the old days she said showing she understood me 
nor you to insult me without implication i retorted but i wish you would sit down it is just as easy to be an enemy sitting as standing she sat down and i thought her expression was a little less wrathful now then just tell me plainly why you think it worth while to come here why you are such an enemy and what particular injury you think and wish to do me much more than you seem to imagine she exclaimed sharply her eyes flashing again the answer pleased me for it seemed to show that i was successfully concealing the alarm which her visit had caused certainly i must not let her have an inkling of the fact that she could really do any harm you are a most incomprehensible creature my dear clara during the years i knew you i paid you as high a compliment as a man can pay a woman by holding you in the highest esteem and entertaining for you the most honourable admiration and you repay it by this you flouted and laughed at me and scorned me she cried vehemently you mean i did not make love to you let us be frank with one another being what i was i could not make love to you honourably and because i held you in too high esteem to do so dishonourably will you say i scorned you your highness kept the fact of your noble birth very secret she snapped with an accent on the highness i did not like i began to fear how much she knew i had the strongest reasons but it was not done to make so clever a woman as yourself my enemy then you succeeded unwittingly one of the prerogatives of your sudden and unexpected inheritance well we are fighting the air an unprofitable waste of effort if you won't tell me as a friend anything about yourself then as an enemy tell me in what way i can oblige you by letting you injure me she laughed unpleasantly so you are not altogether free from alarm that i can injure you you are right i can all munich is open to you i answered with a show of indifference why do you want my duke marx lured out of the way next wednesday she dealt the thrust so sharply and watched me so keenly that i marvelled at my own self-control in hiding all sign of my consternation who is your duke marx and what on earth do you mean i asked my wits busy with the thoughts which the question started if she was the decoy on whom praga relied she was in love with him and her motive in coming to me was just sheer revenge and a woman's rage she held the very kernel of my scheme in her hands and could blight it in a moment revealing everything to the other side perhaps she had done so already what a fool praga had been to trust such a woman and yet 
how was i to gauge the power and extent of her love for him and say to what it might not drive her all this rushed through my head to the accompaniment of the soft musical mocking laugh with which she greeted my question i thought you did not lie by implication she said i thought so too i answered speaking at random and waiting for a cue from her you are a clever man prince if prince you really are and not merely a daring adventurer but you have left out your calculations what a woman's revenge may do my dear clara we all expect the unexpected in a way and never prepare for it i rose from my chair as if to close the interview whatever you wish to do please go at once and do it i will she replied rising also and going to the door if she left the room the plan would be at an end i felt that and i would have given all i had in the world to feel able to stop her but i dared not show a sign of weakness i should be in her power for ever and the scheme would be wrecked that way i held the door open for her keeping my face set and expressionless at the door she turned and looked at me right into my eyes when our faces were within a few inches of one another you will be sorry for this she cried almost between her teeth i never regret my decisions except as they injure others i replied coldly she started and stamped her foot and still stood staring hard at me i thought i knew the struggle that was shaking her it was a fight whether her old hate for me or her new love for praga was the stronger her excitement and passion increased with every second that the contest endured i hate you she cried vehemently i hate you and i can ruin you i made no sign of having even heard the words i thought she was going when suddenly her love gained a sweeping victory with impetuous force she wrenched the door from me and slammed it to with greater violence and seemed almost as if she would strike me in the face you are a coward and a bully she exclaimed hysterically you only act like this because you know i dare not do what is in my power then she turned and rushed back to her seat where she covered her face and burst into a storm of passionate tears i took a curious course i left the room i did not wish her to think i had been gloating over her defeat i scribbled a hasty note that i had been called away and should be glad to see her another time and left this to be given to her this interview had the necessary effect of increasing my uneasiness materially each day seemed now to be revealing a fresh weak spot and the chances of failure were growing fast 
now it was not only the failure of the plot that threatened us but the disgrace of personal exposure i had had no dishonourable motives in the personation of the prince von gramberg but the consequences threatened to be entirely embarrassing and had there been no one else to consider but myself i should have thrown the thing up then and there but there was minna and her helpless and precarious position made retreat on my part quite impossible it would be dishonourable to think of myself at such a time while every chivalrous instinct in my nature made me keenly anxious to secure her safety but i must see praga and hear from him precisely how matters stood in regard to clara Whelan, and how far she was likely to betray us with much difficulty and in the face of considerable risk of my communications with the corsican being discovered i succeeded in getting the interview with him he came to my hotel disguised and after much trouble in shaking off the spies who he declared were now always dogging his footsteps matters were as i had surmised the actress was in love with him and they were to be married they had played often in munich and the duke marx von ostenburg had become infatuated with her he was persecuting her with proposals and was in that calf stage in which he would do anything and risk anything at her mere bidding there was not the least doubt in the world declared praga that the woman could lure him anywhere she pleased with such a bait as she would pretend to offer the two had indeed concocted a pretty little scheme between them in while she and the duke were to be together praga as the injured lover was to interrupt them then they calculated that the duke to save his skin for his courage was not of very high quality would consent to do anything that might be demanded the actress had come to munich to put the matter in course and hearing of me only incidentally as the prince von gramberg she had no suspicion that i was in reality the heinrich fischer against whom she had always nurtured her revenge until a chance meeting with me in the street had revealed this to her i told him of course all that had passed between us and questioned him closely as to what she was now likely to do he declared his readiness to answer for her as for himself and i had no alternative but to be contented with that pledge then we discussed many other points of the plan and so arranged that there need not be another interview unless unforeseen mishaps arose before he left my momentary hesitation had passed and i resolved to go on and to trust to my wits to get out of any awkward consequences that might come but those few days in munich were among the most trying of any in my life 
i passed them in a fever of suspense anticipating all sorts of trouble constantly on my guard suspecting every one with whom i came in contact and in such a condition of strain and tension that when i returned to gramberg to fetch minna she could not but notice with deep concern how worn and anxious i looked this is wearing you out cousin hans she said very gently you look more like a student now and one who has been burning far too much midnight oil there are only two or three days now and then the worst will be over i replied cheerfully but i would have given the world to have been able to tell her what was my chief anxiety munich does not agree with me i think she looked at me searchingly is it that secret of yours she asked quietly when will you share it with me probably after wednesday i answered smiling but you will believe me loyal to you whether you hear it or not loyal a quick way to make me an enemy would be for any one to hint the contrary you may have your faith tested yet does the secret concern me then she asked quickly adding with a smile i think i am glad if it does i thought and she stopped i hoped i could guess the thought it touches the whole question of my loyalty to you and my presence here then i do not want to hear it i would trust you if the whole world turned against you and sought to turn me also i do not care now what it may be she said earnestly so earnestly that she brought the colour in a great rush to my face and while still flushed in this way she asked you do not think anything could shake me no i do not and my love was very near declaring itself as i spoke on the journey to munich her manner to me was so gentle and tender and confiding that i scarcely ventured to look at her lest she should read in my eyes the later secret that i was now guarding even more jealously than the former and in munich i would not trust myself to be alone with her during the day and a half that preceded the ball we stayed in the large mansion in the middle of the town that now belonged to her and had been the residence of the late prince and while there we carried out to the letter the plans i had arranged only a few persons came to see minna baron heckscher and one or two others von nauheim called but she refused to see him pleading illness during the whole of that time we kept the strictest and closest guard over her watching vigilantly day and night the house might have been in a state of siege indeed but no attempt was made to approach her and i gathered therefore that the other side had taken my bait and had chosen the moment for their attempt which i wished 
the maid who was to personate her on the return ride from the reception was coached and drilled in every particular of her part and every detail even of dress was most carefully considered and decided i began to feel that after all my fears had been premature for not a hint or suggestion was dropped anywhere to show that any further discovery about myself had been made but none the less i was in a condition of much inward concern when we started for the reception at the palace minna the baroness graz and myself being in the carriage everything went without a hitch however i was in the presence chamber when minna kissed hands and it was with a feeling of genuine pleasure that i noticed almost immediately afterward baron heckscher making his way to me he came up and engaged me in conversation and i knew that his object was to keep me occupied so that minna would leave the palace without my escort i raised no difficulty and entered into a vigorous argument with him on some point about which i knew little and cared less when he thought he had kept me long enough to serve his purpose he left me and i strolled slowly through the magnificent rooms taking heed of the many quick glances directed at me and i walked out to the entrance hall i wasted a little more time here before i told the servants to call my carriage and inquire for my cousin more minutes passed and presently they came and told me my carriage had already gone and the countess minna in it i made a show of annoyance at this and then some one came forward with the offer of his carriage i declined it of course now that they believed they had minna i might look for an attack on myself at any moment i had told von krugen to be ready in the lobbies to watch for minna in her changed dress and to see that she reached home safely and secretly for we had determined that after all it would be best for her to return in her disguise to the gramberg house rather than go to any other place as i could see no trace of him anywhere i concluded minna had already gone and i set out on foot i was very anxious of course to learn the result of the plan and it was with infinite satisfaction that i met von krugen and learned from him that minna was safe in the house and that the carriage with the baroness graz and the servant had not returned the next thing was to simulate our agitation on account of minna's supposed absence and my task was to find von nauheim and keep him under such observation as would prevent his getting to see the girl who had been carried off in minna's place and so find out the trick we had played after waiting half an hour i changed my court dress took my sword-stick thrust my revolver into my pocket for i did not know what i might have to face and set out End of chapter fourteen